Let's go. This is Get Fit Radio. Marcus Smith joins us every week at around this time as we delve into the world of muscles, shoes, headwear. <laughs> I thought you. I, I didn't think the first thing out of your mouth would be muscles. I muscles. Mean, you know why I'm talking muscles? Why? I went out and I did just a nice little easy run. Right. I got I'm dying right now. And, you know, I, I nothing hurt. Yeah, I wasn't in pain. I wasn't pushing it, and the old left Achilles oh, is dear. a little, little. Oh, you know. So I didn't do any anything major yesterday. We're right. on upper body, right? But didn't do anything major, and it's 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 Big getting twice. better. I need another day. Yeah. That's it. But as I was like, I'm getting old. Yeah, maybe. Or this is one of the biggest things that we find as well, especially running. I think we've said it like. Over and over, and I, I will continue to say it the whole time. Running's so amazing. Yeah. A running pair, pair of running shoes, 50 bucks. You don't even need, like, you have your flashy neon singlets or anything like that. And 50 bucks, you can get out and you can run. Hey, those flashy neon singlets cost, <laughs> like, 10 durhams, man. Okay, so <laughs> hook up with James. Find out where he gets his flashy neon singlets. Because no one wants off. them. That's no, why. Yeah. I'm the only one who wants them. I'm going in and picking. i got to get one for you every day of the week. You to shop in the bargain buckets in a sports store. But it's, it's so cool. Running's such a cool thing. We've spoken a lot about running the last few weeks. But you can get out and you can do it. Literally, very, very uh, cost-effectively, yeah. cost-free, essentially. But the thing is, and this is what we find, so enter entry, there is no barrier to participation. You can get out, you can do it. What the problem is, is this addiction to go faster, to push yourself. That's back. what I did. <laughs> exactly. I took it out at double the pace, and I was exactly. running, and I was like, turning it. The, the, the ladies are watching some rugby. I'm going around the track, and I'm yeah. just burning up the track, and then now I'm paying for it. And that, that, that's human nature. <laughs> yeah. This is the biggest thing as well, is that there is, and we've found this with so many endurance athletes as well, there's a certain level you can get to from running, from being almost a weekend warrior or, or a little bit more, you know, you go out, you do your running, even if you do two or three a week, you're going to get to a stage where actually to get you faster, to get your 10K time faster, your 20K yeah. time faster, you need to get a little bit stronger. And that's when, it's funny that you brought us in with muscles, that's when having strength in those muscles is really, really important. So this is kind of a, a little bit of a warning sign for people out there. You will go far. You will be able to run 10K. You'll get up to a marathon. But if you get competitive, which is... I'm sorry. We Anyone all get competitive. Is, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone know, says I'm not doing it for competitive exactly. reasons until you get on the until start line, you and then get there and, two people and, beside you. I'm gonna go faster yeah, than that and you guy. See that, oh, he's about my age. Oh, he's he's oh, he's he's a few kilos lower than me. I'm a, you know, and, and all this. There is there is competition everywhere. You, you do have to be careful who you compare yourself to because yeah. so many people don't have the same goals as you. But you know, we're all super competitive. If we want to get better, if we want to get faster, we have to start taking care of these muscles a little yeah. bit. So, and if you're if you're at a point where kind of you're not going any faster, that 10k time hasn't got any more, then start to think about what you could possibly do to protect those muscles to make them stronger yep. you know it, and it's not i'm not saying everyone needs to jump in a gym and do a weights program in an ideal world yeah if you want to get better at running you need to get strong you need to be on a weights program but there's loads of how can we call it home maintenance things you can do i like that home maintenance there, things well there is you know the the foam rollers have been around quite a long time yeah. and and everyone sort of has one but no one really uses it properly it's it's kind of like the swiss ball theory i'm going to buy it i'm going to do it in front of the tv i'm going to do those thousand yeah. 
crunches on my Swiss ball in front of the TV. You never, ever do it. It collects dust or it makes a good desk chair or a lovely clothes horse or something like that. Foam rollers sometimes in the home are exactly the same. But if you get... I use the, the trigger point grid a lot. I, okay. I really do. And it really... What we're doing here is we're just trying to separate the fascia, which is the casing of the muscle, from the muscle. It's all real tight in there. It's all... It's all kind of like a like a, a piece of. You sound like a butcher there as you're describing exactly, that. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and, and that's exactly what it is. It's you know some people have said beef jerky. If that if that resonates with people, air dried beef. When you when you break a piece of beef jerky, not a lot of stuff these days because it's so it's got so many additives. But the old school air dried beef, biltong, the South African yeah. one. When you break it, it just kind of crumbles open and 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 cracks and is so dry. That's what we've got in the muscle. So what we're doing Doing with this foam rolling with trigger point therapy, we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to break that up and we're trying to get some goodness in there, some hydration in there, and some nutrition in you there. You know, an easy way to do that foam rolling as well is all, we've all got a lot of these insulated water bottles that we carry around. Amazing. Put one of those down, especially those aluminum ones. Yeah, put very, one of those down very good. And just roll back and forth. And I forgot about doing that. Now you've just reminded me. <laughs> I should have been doing that. There's yesterday. actually there's a great product that's just come to the market. The the, the, the team that I was competing with in Australia in November. In, in CrossFit competition down there was a team by the name of Mobot. Mobot. Mobility Bottle. So what they've geniusly done, they've taken your, your normal aluminium bottle yeah. and they've wrapped it with a piece of foam. So you now, every time you go to the gym, you have your Mobot with you, you have your, which is your water bottle, 750 to a litre of water and it's wrapped in a foam so immediately you've got a foam roller. Absolute genius. Two birds in one stone. So simple. And and, and it, it, there's more to it than that convenience. The fact is that if the muscle... Think back to the biltong to the beef jerky. If the muscle is dehydrated, it does not have the water in it. So the cool right. thing is, is when you've got your Mobot with you, your mobility bottle with you, you're drinking water and you're also ready to roll out. And it's it's something it's something we don't do enough of, but that's the that would be something under home maintenance. Aside from what we often speak about nutrition, sleep, rest, and recovery, those small things like that. Even getting a lots of people fly around these days with a with a golf ball or a lacrosse ball. Just get in there. If you push a golf ball, a cross ball, a foam roller into the muscle, and it's painful, or if they're painful to touch, what we've generally got, unless you do have a, a a recognized, identified tear. We just have too much dehydration in there. All of the, the fascia, which is the casing of the muscle, is compressing it in. The inside of the muscle is starting to look like beef jerky. And no surprise, when we go out and run, when we tow the start line and we see that guy next to us that we're yeah. not going to be competitive with at all, <laughs> and he's passing us in the last 400 meters, we go for it and we go ping, twang, quang, and yeah. it's pretty painful as well, you know? Yeah. And what's the result? The next week, no training, no training, things fall apart a little bit. If I can't train, I don't sleep well, I don't eat well, you know, it's kind of a domino effect. Yeah. So lots we can do for that. Marcus Smith joining me from innerfight.com, and you might hear some slamming and crashing and banging. That is not the, the, the <laughs> station being infiltrated. We are in the home of Interfight at Engine Gym, their headquarters. So there's a we lot are. going on. And it's always us. nice to welcome you here, James. <laughs> and it's nice to welcome anyone else that wants to yeah, come down. I've got to say. Hey, I, you know what? I came in today and I was sitting down. 
the, yeah. the your other your other coaches were yeah. here talking with clients yeah. and they were everyone was doing the same thing they're going through their watches yeah. and they're they're asking the clients for their watches and they want to see what their splits are Absolutely. they want to see information yeah. what's going on yeah. with that that with all due respect to the, to the guys that you just saw talking was the the super the smart geeky section of the, <laughs> of the gang there are a lot of our endurance athletes where all of the what we do a lot with those guys is really work on their on their splits, on their heart rate, and That's how we, how at. we manage rate their splits, race. Yeah. So what what we're looking at is 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 how we develop their heart rate through their training, and also going into races. There's a lot of triathlons coming up. There's Trias, there's Abu Dhabi. There's a, there's a great ride for Roy next weekend, which is which is that is, already this weekend? That's going to be the following weekend, okay. so the seventh of March. Which right. I mean, it's just that's had a phenomenal, phenomenal response as well. But the point is, it's it's really coming into triathlon season now. So all the training we're doing, we're training people at certain thresholds, depending on how their body's working. So we're always looking at different splits, kilometer splits, yeah. and how the heart's reacting. And this is the biggest thing as well. If we can Things change a little bit on race day. There's a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. You, you might feel good. You go a little bit harder. But the greatest thing is that we send all these endurance athletes into a race with a great race plan based on data. Right. It's based on, on the months that we've been training them, whether it's three, six, or nine months. We wouldn't really send an endurance athlete into a race without a good three months of monitoring and, and, and training them. But when they get in there, they've got a race plan that... Literally, we can write it from the start because we know exactly from, and there's so many great, great tools out there, be it Polar, Garmin, Sunto, whatever you're using yeah. to get this data. And it's, it's geeky. And that, that's why I said it, it's, it's the geeky <laughs> side because, you know, there's so much. I sometimes think, and, and I've done this myself. I've, I've gone into a competition and I've had all my data and I've just been like, Today's race day. I'm gonna race, no matter what it is. If if, if it's a CrossFit competition, if it's a race, and, and sometimes throw it all to the side. Sometimes I've just chucked it to the side. But which, you know, you haven't really chucked it to the side because you know what you can do. You know what you can you got, do. It's in the back of your mind. You've done the training, and it's been that 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 record that's allowed you to push yourself in the training. Exactly. And now you're just gonna go out. And, and now do you're your just thing. gonna go out and do it. And and this is the thing. A lot of a lot of athletes won't really wear, not ours we try to get them because then if the race goes well we can see why it's gone well if it doesn't go well we can see why it doesn't hasn't gone well but a lot of the the top elite athletes are are not really tracking too much on race day race days all in and they know what they're doing they know where they should be if it's if it's a 10k run at kilometer three six nine nine and a half and ten you know and it's sort of do you really slow down if it's telling you, if your heart's telling you to slow down? Now, if we send someone into a marathon that wants to get a sub four hour marathon, you know, we've planned it and we plan a buffer in there as well. So if they really are overheating or their heart's just going off the Richter in the first bit, we kind of can pull them back. But the same and this is what we say over and over again, you are you are the CEO, you are the managing director of your body. Everything that you can have to make your body work better and any data you can take into consideration, you would do. Just the same as if you, James, I'm going to ask you to make a massive decision about your company. You're going to turn around to me and say, okay, Marcus, give me all the data. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to ask you, you know, James, let's take an investment opportunity. I'm not going to say, James, can you just sign off on this one million dirham investment? And you're just going to go, okay, yeah, here you go. You're going to ask me for all of my due diligence. You're going to ask me for all of the 
financial projections, the market conditions, all of this stuff. So people are out there that think being geeky about your body is another level. Well, actually, it's something that we're doing in our work life every day. And we don't really make decisions, especially when it comes to, to strangely, to money and to financial investments without all of this data. So why on earth are we making decisions on our body without data? This is Dubai Eyes Get Fit Radio. Marcus Smith joining us from innerfight.com. Get your questions to us now. Marcus Smith in the house while well, I'm in his house as we, <laughs> as we talk about fitness with you. You come into my house <laughs> and you welcome everyone into your <laughs> house. But still. My, mi casa su casa. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Marcus, really quick, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about CrossFit, but before I get there, we got a couple questions I want to get to, and then we're yep. going to come back to it. Uh, one that came in is, Marcus, how many reps should we be doing of any exercise as a rule of thumb in a 40-minute workout? I love this question. Because it's such a bad question. Yeah. It's, it's guys, you know, you've listened to the show. You've, you've written it, and we really, really appreciate that. But how the hell do I know? How do I really know? Because you are Mr. Inner Fight. But how do I know how many reps you should be doing of exercises in a 40-minute workout? You see, I think this is, this is the byproduct of all of the magazines that it are is, out there, is, all of the is. blogs. And it's it, there's all these miracle workouts that yep. say you know 30 minutes do 100 reps of this exactly, that and the other thing exactly. and by the way get the ab buster in there and too. get get that as well and, and, and so people are looking for this magic key exactly and and you've kind of saved the question and and, and calmed me down a little bit there James so thanks for that <laughs> but it's kind of there isn't a magic formula on this I guess you should be doing reps though you should be but you know you have to look at it let's take two different ends of the spectrum here let's take Olympic lifting. Yeah. What do they measure you on in the Olympic Games? They measure you on snatch and clean and jerk. What do you have to do? And it's a great competition. You get from from the compact, absolute, brutally strong, small. There's there's quite Chinese are coming excellent at it now to the sort of more old school big Russian guys who are really great at sticking big weights above their head. What yeah. they get measured on is one repetition. That's it. They have to do the snatch for one rep at their max weight. They'll build up to it, and, and they'll drop in and out when, when, when they can, and they have to do the same for clean and jerk. So how do they train? They train with one and two reps. It is pointless asking these guys to do 30 reps or 60 reps in an hour or 15 reps in one minute because it's just not what they get measured on. You go to an exercise class that... Let's pick one that people probably know. Something like a body pump. Yeah. Step aerobics and body pump are probably some of the some of the oldest forms of group exercise that, unfortunately or fortunately, people can can resonate with. Body pump. You've got a little bar. You've got a couple of weights on the end, and they pump you in every direction for over an hour. I don't know how many reps you do. Is it 200, 300, or 500? The Objective of body pump is is to it's I don't know to be honest because when <laughs> I look at know. it when I look at it and I look at their objective I, I I'm unsure what we generally got all the body pump people huffing and puffing <laughs> I know this is why these questions are a little bit dangerous for me because I tell you as straight as I can but in there we're doing heaps and heaps of reps so what does it boil down to let's be proactive for this guy we appreciate the question there is no magic formula. James has rightly said it. You might have been confused by a lot that you've read. What we really need to do, 
align with what you want to achieve. If you want to be an Olympic lifter and snatch 180 kilos above your head, I'm all for you. You're going to do two reps every 10 minutes for five hours a day. Yeah, there we go. Fine. If you're going to go to a body pump class, unknown objective, you're going to do a million reps and probably not make any difference in your life. But... <laughs> The Come on, bottom. you're going to get a body pump and you're going to get toned up? I see these ladies coming you're out of body pump. trying to stitch me up how you stitched me up a year ago with yoga. I can feel it. You've already done it. <laughs> Either you shoot me in the head or I shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> so the point is align, align with your goals. That's the that's the main main point. Yeah. There is no golden and, that, and that's rule. the that is the the key point that we keep coming back to. If, you, if you're yeah. a frequent listener of Get Fit Radio, you know that it is. Unless you have a goal, what are you working towards? Yeah. If you don't have that goal, and in fact, I, I heard a couple of people as they were leaving the workout today, they were the, the question was, "Hey, are you doing the race this weekend?" Mm. And and one lady said, "You know what? No, I'm not going to do it." She got pushed a little bit by the coach. Yeah. And she said, "Look, I'm scared." Yeah. And he yeah. said, "Next year." That's yeah, our goal. Yeah. Now we've got a goal from now till from, then till next to get year. over your fear. It's a cool thing, though, fear. Fears are real. You know, what are people generally scared of? And, and, and this is, I can tell you now, this is what's holding people back. Fear as a four-letter word, there's a great acronym for it. False evidence appearing real. Yeah. It's very, very cool. And if you think about it, what are you scared of? I'm scared of not finishing the race. Well, you'll finish the race. Only The only reason you're scared of not finishing the race, be it a triathlon or a marathon, is because so many people have told you, oh, that's so, so hard to finish. It's false evidence. It's not. You could finish it. If you started by walking, you'd finish a marathon. Yeah. It might take you six, seven, eight, nine hours, but you'd definitely finish it. The evidence is false. So many people tell you about it. It appears real. You start to believe it. Fear as well. I, I get nervous before I work out. And I you think get nervous before I get you nervous out. before I, not every workout, but a lot of workouts I get nervous, and that's I, when I start to feel nervous in a and it doesn't I don't start to get nervous three or four days before it happens about thirty seconds before I start. Yeah. And and what are you nervous about? What am I nervous about? I'm nervous about it's difficult. I'm probably nervous about how hard I'm going to push my body because okay. I don't like one of my pet hates is sitting down and listening to people telling me how they knew how they could have done the workout better. You know, <laughs> This is after they've done this it. This is after. Oh, if I'd only done this. If, if I've only done this. If I've only done that. I knew at the start I should have done X. Come on, guys. You're killing me. You know, if you knew at the start, why on earth didn't you do it? So I get nervous just thinking, okay, I want, I want, I want, I will do this, I will do that. What I'm thinking about is to make sure I complete that plan because mm. I don't want to come out the other side and say, what if this and, you know, I should have, you know, what, what, are, the, what are the words? Shoulda, coulda, woulda, you yeah. know, anything that ends in an A, it's just not a cool word to have in your English language. You know, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't work in, in, in that respect. So the fear factor is, is super, super important. A, a lot of people will say if you're not nervous before the workout, you're probably not going to go hard enough. Or if you're not nervous before a race, you're not going to go hard enough. But... Don't be scared that it pushes you not to compete. Guys, mm. marathon, it's a long way. I know that. But what are you afraid of, really? Yeah. Death? Okay, some people have died, and, and that's a problem. And, and if you're a, if you're a yeah, big dude... a little dude, bit of a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a big dude and, and, you know, as we always say, seek medical advice before you start training, and the doctor said to you, you could potentially die doing this exercise, I'd be pretty scared as well, and right. I'd rethink what I was doing. Absolutely. But otherwise, what's going to happen? 
You're going to go out there. You're going to do your triathlon. I know you know how to swim. I know you know how to ride a bike. And I know you know how to run. Now, at the moment, there's no pressure on you. If I said to you, I want you to do this sprint distance triathlon, James, in under an hour, I could understand you telling me that you're suddenly well, very scared. I, I wonder if that isn't part of the problem and part of the fear people have. It's not that they can't do it. Yeah. It's that there is an expectation. That's you've been working out, and now you've correct. got to reach correct. a threshold time. But at the same time, back to what we just said before, how are we setting the goals, and what expectations are we doing? And all too often, we might be picking people out of the community or just randomly and trying to get in line with what they're doing. So I pick you and you're so much faster than me, but I want to take a chunk out of you. And, and I know you're going the sprint distance triathlon in an hour. So I've never done one under an hour and a half. Yeah. And suddenly I'm, so we're not setting, you know, realistic goals. Realistic yeah. goals. And look at the smart principle. Realistic, I don't really like. I like ridiculous. I like to change that R around. <laughs> ridiculous it's, it's goals. Ridiculous <laughs> goals. You know, pick a ridiculous goal for some people. A guy who's sat on the couch 20 kilos overweight, sprint distance triathlon could be a ridiculous goal. Excellent. But don't, don't be ridiculous in your, in, in, in how you're dressing it up. Because this creates an unnecessary fear. And often, it puts people off from taking the first step. Mm. You know, well, and that's the key, isn't it? Get, getting you off of that sofa, getting you out exactly, of the house. Exactly, exactly. And this is, you know, I, I had it the other day. I had an email from, from, from a prospective client, and they said, checked out your site, looks brutal to me. <laughs> and, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on there that, 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 that looks pretty, pretty intense and stuff, and, and, and a lot of people come to us and work out intensely. But at the same time, we bring in people that are that are just starting out. We bring in people that can only lift their body weight. So there's a start point for all of them. And, and the, the hardest thing to do is we get those people and, and, and they start very quickly to compare them against the guys that have been with me for five years. Yeah. I'm like, buddy, you got to just, we've got to step back a little bit here. And we've got to say, what's realistic? You've been on the couch for the last 10 years. You know, you've been on the, on the fast food diet. You've been on the sugar I'm bringing you off all of that, and we're going to put you in the right place. So create excitement, but don't don't fear stuff. Because so often, and, and so many people, the first time you've done a marathon, lot, lot, don't get me wrong, lots of people say, I never want to do that again. But yeah. so many people say, yeah, it was hard. And it is hard. I'm, I'm not saying a marathon's easy. It's hard, but they get through it and go, well, people actually dress that up a little bit. Harder than ever. <laughs> Look at Roger Bannister, four-minute yeah. mile. Yeah. He said, you know, and, and doctors come back. They said, no way, this isn't going to happen. What happens? He nails it. What then happens is it's almost like the floodgates open and hundreds of people run under four minutes. And then the next target is what? 350. And then the next target is what? 340. And yeah. it keeps on coming down. And the guys that are trying to get under that, they're scared. But there's not a fear. There's not too much of a fear not to start. This is Get Fit Radio on Dubai Eye. And, of course, Marcus Smith joining us, taking your questions. This is Get Fit Radio. Another question for you, Marcus. You're going to love this one. <laughs> Push-ups. Men's versus women's. What is this all about? Yeah. Oh, this... man. <laughs> Wind him up. I don't like the fact that it's... It's called men's versus women's hey, I, style. I've seen the women here <laughs> yeah. 
doing men's push-ups. Doing, doing, I just call them push-ups, and they're push-ups. doing them. And, and, you know, I'm not quite sure what this whole idea is. Put your yeah. knees down and, yeah. and you're doing a woman's yeah. push-up. Is that suggesting that women can't be as fit or as strong as a guy to lift their body weight? That's <laughs> I, what it is. I, I seem to remember, I don't know if it was the 80s or if I'm totally wrong, or the early 90s, this thing of a woman's push-up came out. And I, is that when it came out? The I, 80s? I, I think I, I think I might be wrong. But someone correct us maybe, if you know. May, yeah, get in someone touch. let us know. When was the first woman's push-up done? I mean, it's so awful to a woman. It's so it's bad. It's demeaning. It's derogatory. It's it's just it's awful. You know, Eva Clark down in Abu Dhabi, a, a local local girl. She's from uh, Australia and New Zealand. Lives down in Abu Dhabi. Just set two world records <laughs> for doing push-ups on her knuckles she did yeah. them for 24 hours i, I mean come on she's <laughs> she's a woman she's a superwoman but we can't we can't call these things one push-up what are we talking about here what i'd prefer to call it and what it what it is and should be called it's a modified version of the push-up mm. we understand that everyone cannot immediately do full movements with full range of motion surprisingly and frightening so that it comes to our body when it comes to our body. We and this is just your own body weight that you're pushing yeah, up this and is bringing down. Pushing and bringing up and down. down. And if you think about it, this is the first movement we kind of do. When we're kids, mom or dad puts us on our back all the time. And, and when we start to, or when we're babies, when we start to grow a little bit, we start to want to roll off the, the, the nappy change table and cause all kind of trouble. <laughs> then we get on our front. And then we start to learn the push-up. Right. This is we had a big long conversation about yeah. this last week. So, so we start to do it. Now, we then fast forward 35 years, and suddenly we can't do it anymore. We can't handle our own body weight. So yeah. what what we're doing here, and and don't get me wrong, if we are to be really, if we are to go to the movement guys, guys that just practice perfect human movement, they tell us simply that 90% of the population of the world or more is not doing push-ups properly. That's a frightening number. Even if they're doing male ones. Yeah. The body is not tight or nothing like that. So what we've got in the traditional woman's push-up, which we'll call the modified push-up, is that we're actually on our knees. Right. So we're making, we're just making our body a lot lighter. Now, guys, I would like to see everyone do proper push-ups, and I would like to see them learn the correct technique, learn how to control their body, learn what muscles are engaged and are used to do that as the first step. At the same time, we totally understand that not everyone is, is strong enough yet to do that, so there is a slight modification when we go on the knees. You should be going for the first step. That's where it should okay. be at. You should not be calling the difference between the men and women's push-ups if you need to. And this is the thing as well. It's a, it can be a development. It can be a stepping stone. We, we walk before we run, before we ride a bicycle. We could put you on your knees and go to that step next. But the biggest thing, let's stop calling the women's push-ups. There we go. How do we uh, incorporate kettlebells into a workout is another question. That's yeah, and true. this is this is super cool. I a good friend of mine, Mike Mahler, is a or has fast become a kettlebell sort of guru in the U.S. And I was a with kettlebell him. guru. There's a such thing. Uh, well, yeah, kind of. You know, okay. it's 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 a way of it's a way of training that has really been pioneered by a few guys. Mike's one of them, and. He travels around the world teaching people kettlebell workshops. And I was with Mike about a year ago, and I, I, I naturally just turned around to him and I said, Mike, 
how did you get into kettlebells? Like, why? Yeah. You know, what 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 is a kettlebell? It's quite an extreme specialization. It it's kind of extreme, and that's that was my mindset. I was like, I know you can do so many things, but I also know there's loads of other cool bits of equipment. We pick up stones, we flip tires, we play with barbells, we do pull-ups. I said to him, why? And he said to me, the simple reason I got into it is because I could have half a dozen kettlebells of varying weights, easy to store, easy to put in my car and take places with me, and I just got the most amazing workout from it. And I thought, well, that's really cool. They're cost-efficient. I Good kettlebells cost a little bit, but once you've invested, you've got them. They're space-efficient, and they're easily transportable. So me and you love it, James. We love to talk about going outside, running outside, doing stuff outside. You yeah. chuck them in the back of the car, you get down to the park, and you're in business. You're lifting kettlebells straight away. There you go. There are so many cool exercises you can do with kettlebells. For people, Describe that, a kettlebell. Yeah, there's going to be for, someone who's going, what, what are you for, talking about exactly. here? Exactly. For people that don't know what a kettlebell is, the easiest way to describe it would be to say to take the old style kettle, yeah. which is kind of more of a dome shape thing. You and I know. You're older than me. I'm young, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but today we just see jugs, right? We yeah. just see kettles as jugs. The old style kettle, so a little bit of a dome shape. And it's got literally the, the handle of a kettle coming up on it. They go in weight. Generally, we have them in weight from 4 kilos, 8 kilos, 12 kilos. They're always at about 4 kilos increments. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. Up to, we've got kettlebells. We have kettlebells up to 32. 32. They, I have a lifted. A, yeah. I, and, and considering sometimes you'll use both hands at once to use them. I've lifted a kettlebell of 50 kilos. Wow. It's pretty, pretty heavy. That is pretty heavy. And I don't know if there's much above 50, but I'll stand corrected by, by, by the kettlebell guys or by guys that know. Generally, we see a lot of use of them between the 8 to 24 okay. uh, category. If you're a little bit stronger, you use a bit more. What can you use them for? Wow. Like anything. They're great for pressing. You can oh, hold okay. them. You can squat with them. You can hold two at once. We've got different styles of swing in them. We've got a Russian-style swing and an American-style swing. One of them comes to eye level. One of them goes directly above the head. We can press them above the head. We can just pick these things up and walk with them like a farmer's walk, like to improve our ability to carry our groceries. There's just we use them a lot in a lot of people use them in rehab because we're able to get in some really interesting positions with them. The weight is incredibly compacted because it just sits within that bell or within right. the kettle part. So there, how do we incorporate them into a workout? We here here in a fight we'll use them in in loads of different ways. Yesterday we had a workout that we were doing 16 kettlebell swings as part of the workout, and we're doing rounds of that. There was two or three movements, and one of the movements was kettlebell swing, and we're doing 16. Sometimes we'll do six to eight kettlebell swings where guys can go a little bit heavier. We'll do Turkish get-ups. Turkish get-ups? Literally lying on the floor, kettlebell in your hand, and standing up to, to oh, a stood sound, position. That doesn't sound easy at all. It's not easy at all, <laughs> but it's an incredible, incredible exercise that, that really engages pretty much every single muscle in yeah. the body. So there are... There are Incredible number of ways to use a kettlebell. They are not overly expensive. They are easy to transport and very easy to store. So, And this is the kind of thing everyone's like, well, these sound great. Yep, they're great. 
you want a home gym? Go grab a few kettlebells. We've built a lot of people ho home gyms. We always put kettlebells in there because they're, they're so diverse. You want to work out in the park? Go get some kettlebells. You don't want to have a gym membership, but you've got a small space at home? Go get some kettlebells. So, and you can you, I personally, and, and all of our more dedicated kettlebell worshippers, followers, whatever, the, however they call enthusiasts. a enthusiast, <laughs> would not thank me for saying this, but I get, I would get bored of just doing kettlebells every single day. You, you just heard, <gasps> yeah, I'm like, yeah. but, but they're great uh, for the variety and that's but, the key, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I also just don't eat fillet steak every single day. Yeah. I also don't just run every single day. This is, this is the biggest thing, the biggest thing and the area, the way that we see the best results is when we have some variation. Right. So drop some kettlebells in. They're super cool. So much, so much. Mike Marler's a great, great resource as well. Go I check him out online. MikeMarler.com is his website. I'm pretty sure it is. He's got loads of videos of him just, just doing a kettlebell workout in his backyard. He lives in Las Vegas. And there you go. I, I was there training with so him. So temperature's similar to here. I mean, this time similar. of year, it's, it's cool like yeah. we are here. Yeah. And in the summer, it's it's very hot. Not as humid. I was with him there hot. in summer. It, it was damn hot. And we were, <laughs> we were just having a kettlebell workout in his garden and, and go. having a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, they're, they're cool things. Lot uh, A lot of people... I believe are not using them quite properly, and that's where our. But that's what it's like with everything. Whether you yeah. know, I'm looking around here, and there's these red bags that are mm -hmm. kind of duffel bags. Yeah, strength bag. Yeah, strength bags. And then there's, you know, I see a couple medicine balls way over yeah. in the corner, yeah. and and I saw the guys moving some bars and, and yeah. weights, and and all I'm looking at going, how, how many people are? Yeah, how many people <laughs> yeah. are coming in? They're not. They don't have a real clue on how to use this stuff, but they they think, oh, well, when I was back in high school, yeah. in PE class, we had the gym. And we did some basic work, and they're still working from this mind memory of a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And they might have got it wrong then. Exactly. So it's how exactly. do you use the tools. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, there is so much that can go wrong, like you said. Kettlebells is something that really does require just, a, just not a lot, just a little bit of precise instruction and, and, and you're in the zone. So good do go. all the things, get them in your home gym. But And, and this is something, go to Mike's site, MikeMarlow.com. You can check out, like he's got loads of videos, instructional videos. In a lot of these things, that there's a lot of trash out there on, on YouTube, but there is actually quite a lot of cool stuff as well. So you can kind of educate yourself from YouTube how it should be done. This is Get Fit Radio and we're going to CrossFit. All right, Marcus Smith, this is Get Fit Radio. Marcus is here and we are at his home, Engine Gym. Home of inner fight. The house. The house. We're in the hood. The house. Someone <laughs> told me this is like the house of pain. I don't think that's the nice. The house of pain. I don't, I don't think that's nice. <laughs> no, that's I, nice. I, I, I like to think that we're more accommodating. We're more... Anyway, everyone's welcome and, and we'll make you feel good. And it's my sole objective that you leave here happy. There so you go. Yeah. There might be some pain dished out along the way. Let's see. <laughs> okay. I want to talk CrossFit for two reasons. Yeah. First of all... The question came in asking, why would I do CrossFit as opposed to Body Pump or any of yeah. the other Les Miles products that are out there or Les yeah. Mills? Uh, Les how, Mills, yeah. Uh, you know, and, 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 or, and, and others. I'm just named one because I yeah. hear it all the time. Yeah. The, and the second piece that I want to ask about this is you are a CrossFit guy. Yeah. You're getting, and this is, this is the warm-up period. You've got Korea yeah. coming up, yeah. and the goal being to get to the States yeah, and there's, to, there's a to lot. show the boys. Let's wind back a little bit. What is CrossFit? Yeah. CrossFit is defined by them as constantly varied, high-intensity high functional movements. 
It's pretty cool, three little things. Constantly varied. It's always going to be changing. High intensity. We're going we're gonna to have a workout here, guys. It's not going to be easy. Functional movements. Movements that we do every day. Well, that in 2006 got me pretty interested pretty much straight away. Uh, I was fishing around with, with different forms of fitness, and one of my buddies had just got involved in CrossFit, now owns or has owned for a long time CrossFit Gold Coast. And I was like, this stuff sounds pretty cool. I was doing a lot of workouts very similar to it as well and developing my brand in a fight. And we, we, we train functional movements. We train a CrossFit style. We're a CrossFit affiliate. So we're, we're affiliated with CrossFit and we teach people CrossFit. Now, why is it, is it better? Well, actually, I don't believe it's better than anything else for people who have specific goals. I've found over the years of being involved in the fitness industry that people don't have specific goals. What people are looking for is, A, they're looking for a quick fix, which is a problem. How do we get rid of that? We constantly make this thing interesting. And what we start to do is, within making it interesting, we also, within CrossFit, and this is one thing that's unique about a CrossFit gym like ours, is that we create a community. We have classes where people actually smile at each other. That's nice. That's really, really cool, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas so Go many... Go to some of these gyms and people don't even make eye contact. They don't even make... And not only... You said it. They don't make... They, they go out of their way to avoid making eye contact with you. Yeah. So what this does is it actually... You're working out and hanging out with people that have a pretty similar common interest with you. They want to go and do these constantly varied functional movements at high intensity. So when we say, is CrossFit better than going to the gym? If you have a specific goal to get biceps as big as Arnie and your gym has dumbbells and machines that allow you to reach that goal, then for you, your gym is the best gym in the world. I haven't done a bicep curl for seven years. <laughs> I don't have biceps like Arnie. So it's specific. But if you're looking to get fit, and this is something about Dubai as well, to meet people, to, and this is one of my biggest pet hates about fitness and also about life, is that not enough people are enjoying what they're doing. To have fun, to enjoy what you're doing, and to see the product of CrossFit, is phenomenal. We're just starting to see it come through now. It's been around since early to early 2003, 2004. Some people say it was here in 99, whatever. Since 2005 to 2014 today has been the explosion from 500 to 5,000 CrossFit gyms. What we're seeing, both males and females, is incredible transformations in bodies. Some CrossFitters have gone to another level. The guys that basically get paid to do this, it's their profession, or guys that want to get paid to it, and they train for hours and hours each day. And guys and also females are probably a little bit too muscly or manly when yeah. it comes to females. We've heard that said before for, for Joe Public, for the layman. But when we look at the average impact that it's had, don't get me wrong, some people still don't look cool at all. <laughs> and, and, and they're clearly not eating properly. But the big chunk, and I would say about 40 to 50% of people that have been at this for a long time, have developed bodies that people will go, wow, you look great, you look in shape. 
you're not offensive. You're a female. You're not going to look offensive in a dress. This is this is just some of the vanity things that we're coming across, and and the aesthetics, which for a lot of people, and I'm all I'm all good with this. If you wanna if you wanna get get undressed and look great when you see yourself in the mirror, I think that's great. I think that's a great goal. What's happening through CrossFit is we're we're seeing that a lot. The fact that we're able to build friendships, the fact that we're able to build a community that we can and confidence, can rely, self-confidence, a lot of self-confidence, and that you know we we've seen it a lot. People come in, they're not used to group class because they might have gone to a body pump or a step class three or four years you've ago. Really, you've really taken it out of these no, guys. No, yeah, big every, time. Every every segment yeah. of the show tonight. Yeah, <laughs> every what, every one of the four. <laughs> because you go there, the instructor doesn't say hello a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, and it's not. I, I'm not. I'm not here. I want people to leave having a great experience. Yeah. To get that, we have to be nice to each other. We're humans. We have common goals. What we generally see. Don't get me wrong. Within CrossFit, there's certain cliques. There's certain people that are a little bit snobbish about things, and they should be shot. Just like, <laughs> just like others that don't say hi to you in 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 gyms and stuff. Like guys. And I wrote an article about this in Men's Fitness a few years ago because, it, it, as you can tell, it really got under my skin. I wrote an article about gym etiquette. Uh-huh. You know, the first thing I wrote on there. You know what? We're g- hold that thought because we're going to talk about that next week. So we'll right. get back to gym etiquette. Okay. We're not, and we're going to talk about that and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. But before we get there, I want to get you back into the CrossFit thing. Yeah. Because you, you've outlined what CrossFit is, why it, why it works, and why it can be really uh, an avenue of an exercise routine that is life-changing. Yeah. You've been doing this, as you said, since about 2006. Yeah. Korea's coming up. What's going on? Because this is yeah. this is the, how many years, fourth year? This now? will be the fourth year. So just to explain it, and this is this is another reason why you should be getting involved in CrossFit, because it there's a competition. There's right. a global competition that all of those five or 6,000 gyms that I mentioned get their people involved in every year. So what happens How does in this it competition? The Open, an online competition. Over 200,000 people are going to enter this year. That's crazy. That's people. crazy numbers. You compete against your friends. You compete at your CrossFit gym. You register. You have five weeks, five workouts. The first workout is released in a couple of days' time, Friday morning, I think 4 or 5 a.m. our time. You have three days to complete it. What then happens is the world is split into regions. So in Dubai, we compete under region Asia. And understand something. The workouts for the Open, one of the biggest downfalls about the whole competition, which we won't go into now, but the workouts for the Open are for anyone. They're designed in such a way that, James, you could come in, you could register your score, and you could be on the Asia leaderboard. You might not be on the first 20 pages of it, but you'd definitely be on there somewhere. No disrespect to you, James. <laughs> Anyone can get involved in it. Five workouts over five weeks. The top 48 people from each region are then invited as individuals to go and compete in a regional event. For Asia, it's in Korea. The States is all divided up. From there, the top one from Asia, the top three from the bigger regions are invited to compete at the World CrossFit Games. The title on offer is fittest male or female in the world. I'll add here, in line with CrossFit. Now, UAE has done very well in this. We've had great representation in Korea. Absolutely, absolutely. And even in in the U.S. at the finals. 
In the finals, there's been nothing. There's been no one that's gone from here. But last year, it was absolutely incredible. We had you guys and girls te- went though. Team, yeah, we sent. <laughs> you we were sent, competing, but you were there. Yeah, we sent. We went. I've been in the states the last two years. It's a, it's a great sporting spectacle. We sent two guys last year. The other CrossFit gyms, of which there's a load here in Dubai. If you don't like the sound of what we're talking about, go and see them. They're all nice people, and they all do CrossFit yeah. as well. They, they've sent teams the last few years, which is just, it's so cool to see. I remember the first time I went in 2011 to Okinawa in Japan. And CrossFit was like, this competition was all new. It was the first year they, they ran it. They ran the Open, and I said I'd give it a, a, a shot. Next thing, we're in Okinawa, Japan, flew to Osaka, two hours over in Osaka, another two-hour flight, got in a cab, 40 minutes to a hotel, didn't know anyone anywhere no english we rocked up the next day at this tiny tiny half the size of this bill of, of, of this area here crossfit gym and had a crossfit competition i think there was 20 males and <laughs> six females and it, it was the year that uh, the great year that candace howe who's uh, an owner of, of crossfit gym here she actually won the female section and went to the crossfit games which is absolutely fantastic for her and, and she's been up there for the last two or three years as well so you're right we've got some real great representation this year due to the increased number of crossfit gyms in dubai we've got some serious serious competition coming through so it's going to be great at the top end of the leaderboard there's going to be loads and loads of people competing in korea whether they're competing for their gym as as a team or going as individuals and the greatest thing is and we've got it already we've got about 20 to 30 people already signed up to compete under in a fight crossfit if other people want to go and sign up under under their gym or want to come to us for it, it's a great competition for the next five weeks. Interfight.com is where you can go find out more. Go t- check out the CrossFit Games. Yep. And we will pick this conversation up next week, same place, yeah, same we'll time. Yeah, we'll update you. And we'll update you what's going on. And we're going to make sure we talk about gym etiquette. That's going to be a, a good conversation. <laughs> and if, the cool thing, let's ask people, if you have experienced bad gym etiquette or bad experience or if you have any tips for good gym etiquette we'd love to hear them because I, I as i say i wrote an article a few years ago for men's fitness and it got some quite interesting feedback. get them to us right now nightline at dubai 1038ae marcus we'll catch up with you next Thanks week a lot. have a great week